All right, let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun on this Monday morning. Hi, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Any snow over there? Nope. None? Nope. Oh, you called it. Oh, that, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of mushy and wet here, but uh, no, no snow. Uh, Victoria, well, it doesn't get the same weather as Vancouver. That's about all you can say. Uh, you have a look down south, uh, see what's going on in Everett, Washington. That's a little closer to the storm track we're on. So, okay, yeah. I will do that. Uh, let's talk about what's going on. What is the deal with this Nathan Cullen letter? I thought, you know, politicians didn't tell the RCMP what to do. Well, that's the official BC government line that, uh, you know, the RCMP uh, do their thing up there. They follow court injunctions. This is this festering, long-running dispute over construction of the coastal gas link, natural gas pipeline through northern British Columbia. A section of it goes through the traditional territory of the Wet'suwet'en First Nation and some elected First Nation leaders there support the project, have signed a benefit-sharing agreement, but the community is deeply divided. Some hereditary chiefs are engaged in blockading construction. So far, they've been successful. There's a section of that gas line that isn't being built. And the government's tried a bunch of things to try to sort this out with with no success. The latest development, there have been arrests up there again. The RCMP are enforcing an injunction obtained by the the company that's building the line. The line is legally permitted. And there have been growing complaints that the police are using undue force to arrest protesters and members of the Wet'suwet'en community. And we've got a cabinet minister writing to the superintendent of the RCMP, sorry, the commissioner of the RCMP for Canada, saying, uh, basically saying point blank, he's seen a video and it shows his constituents being arrested with undue force. So he's not asking, he's saying point blank that they were arrested with undue force. Uh, The other thing that's interesting about this letter, Simi, is that the cabinet minister doesn't identify himself as a cabinet minister, identifies himself as the MLA for the region. So this is Nathan Cullen. He's the MLA for NDP MLA for the legislature for Stikine. He was formerly the NDP MP for that region. And... I can't think the last time a cabinet minister took on the RCMP on something like this. Uh, he wants the, commission, the commissioner of the RCMP to investigate. But as I said, Simi, and I've sent the text of the letter off to uh, Gordon MacDonald, he doesn't say was undue force used. He says undue force was used. Now, what makes him a judgment of that as a cabinet minister? I don't know. It sounded, an, when I read through the letter, it sounded an awful lot like someone who was in opposite, like an NDP MP, yeah. than it did somebody who is a cabinet minister in a government. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, some of the New Democrats, after years in opposition, and of course, Colin was in Ottawa, right, as an, as an opposition member, have had trouble making the transition to being members of a government and speaking for a whole government. And... Colin has a couple of serious political problems here. First of all, during a break between the time he was an MP and the time he became a provincial MLA, the NDP government of John Horgan hired him on retainer to try to sort this out. They paid him more than $100,000 to do that. He failed. He didn't sort it out. Uh, The other thing um, is that he... The... (laughs) So that 
up in that part of the world, there are a number of First Nations. Right. The First Nation, the Gitscan, that uh, in which one of Collins' constituency offices is located, so Hazleton, evicted uh, Colin, put an eviction notice on Collins' constituency office recently, and they evicted him because, quote, the RCMP were using undue force to break up the protests in the neighboring Wet'suwet'en First Nation. So Colin is embroiled in this in a number of ways. Um, you know, I sent a note off to the premier's office just saying, uh, did you approve this letter in advance? Because he should have run it by you. Did the AG see the letter? Did the solicitor general see it? And does the government agree with his bald statement that undue force was used? Um, and did he not identify himself as a cabinet minister to try to give the impression that uh, he wasn't speaking for the government? I mean, cabinet ministers speak for the government. That's the nature of cabinet solidarity. Yeah, I just find this so unusual. I guess, well, I guess the question is, did, did the rest of the government know that he was going to do this? I assume they did. He posted the letter on social media last week, so it's not like he's trying to hide it. And I assume the government decided, okay, well, go ahead. But this is increasingly messy around the area of the government's involvement. I mean, the government's line is we, the RCMP doesn't take direction from us. Well, but the government has to approve additional staffing for the RCMP in that region, and Solicitor General Mike Farnworth has approved additional RCMP staffing in that region. The federal government, when asked about this, said, um, well, you know, this is a dispute between the province and the Wet'suwet'en. We're not involved in this. So there's a lot of washing of hands going around here, uh, you know, hiding behind the RCMP, hiding behind the court injunction. But, Simi, the fact is the provincial government approves of this project and supports it, the gas line is, of course, absolutely essential to that big LNG terminal uh, being built in Kitimat. And unless they can finish the gas line, um, there's not going to be much point building an LNG terminal if the, if the pipeline isn't working. So right. huge stakes here and a lot of hiding behind things and technicalities. And really, you know, the government should be coming out a lot more up front and saying, you know, this is our project. We support it. We want it to go ahead. The government is trying to sort things out in the Wet'suwet'en First Nation. They spent a lot of money on that, but it's very hard to point to any progress that they've made on it. And also irony, of course, when it comes to pipelines, uh, Trans Mountain has been yeah. restarted and the government, the new Democratic government, breathing a big sigh of relief. Woo, we just love that Trans Mountain pipeline. <laughs> I mean, I just have to laugh at this one. I Look, the New Democrats spent millions of dollars and a lot of time trying to stop the expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. So this isn't the expansion project. This is the existing line. But I don't know. I sort of found it kind of ironically amusing to hear the New Democrats saying nice things about the pipeline and admitting that it's of central importance to B.C. Now, you know, they failed to stop the expansion. The expansion's going ahead. Uh, the one thing that I see in all this is, uh, remember the NDP had that inquiry into why gasoline prices were so high in B.C.? And, and one of the things the inquiry found was that, well, we don't have a lot of supply. You know, the, the pipeline doesn't bring really enough gasoline to B.C. If it brought more, uh, there might be less pressure on supply. So, 
you know, it, it might mean um, seizing the opening here where they've made friends with Trans Mountain and saying to the federal government, which after all owns it, look, since you're going ahead with the expansion, even though we didn't support that, could we talk about changing the mix of product in the pipeline? Because it's a rare pipeline. It, it carries both crude and refined product. So you'd think BC would have some leverage to say, why don't you send more refined product to British Columbia so we're not as right. vulnerable and not as dependent? You would think. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.